everyone, and welcome to GW4W's Wine and Tea Wednesdays. Um, welcome, welcome, welcome. Whether you're watching us live or uh, watching the recording, we hope you take a little time to relax, grab a beverage, and um, join us for another what we know will be inspiring conversation um, with another fabulous female leader. So um, with that, I'm going to turn the conversation over to Chris Andrews. Chris Andrews is on um, the GW4W Advisory Board, the London Lead, and she is CEO of Personal Touch Fitness. Great to be here with you, Chris. Oh, thank you, ma'am. It's great to be back. It's been a couple of weeks, so really excited to be here hosting again. So thank you, ma'am. Today, my co-host is Caroline Ribeiro Nelson. She's the head of Free Choices. What is Free Choices? It's diverse and inclusive mental health and well-being. She's been a consultant for over 25 years, delivering training and leadership. And you can see by that big smile on her, her lovely face that she adores it. And I have to say, she gives all her heart into everything she does, as well as she gives all her heart into this GW4W being a member and the wine and tea Wednesdays. She's also on the advisory board. And thank you so much for all the time you always give to wine and tea Wednesdays, Caroline. Thank you, Chris. That was such a wonderful introduction. I feel so, so honored. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So moving over to our guest today. It's been a long time, hasn't it, Uma? I talked to you way back in December <laughs> and got you booked in. So let me introduce her. She's Uma, now I'm going to say this right, hopefully, Sat, Satkunam. Satkunam, yes. Satkunam. Okay. She is the founder and CEO of Miss T. Smith. She's been doing this for nearly nine years. And what is it? What is it? It is she sustainably source teas and blend them for bold flavors. She is very, very creative. And you hear that art in that as well. <laughs> she blends them. But the thing is, she has been, they were born in Sri Lanka. But it's all blended in Britain. So she brings it, her love of everything, of teas, over to Britain. We're going to be talking to her and having a real rich conversation. So welcome again, Uma. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. And it's lovely to see you guys. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm blown that it's been December since we last spoke. And then, wow, how time flies. And in a way... It doesn't seem to fly for us because we are mainly big. Yeah. Well. yeah. Yeah. So let's go on to that first question. Uma, where were you before blending all the teas? You were, you've had this fa um, fascinating transformation. You were in that world of financial services. <laughs> And then you moved over to sustainable teas. Yeah. yeah. We would love you to share why. Why have you done the whole move yeah. of your career from the financial services over to teas? 
Um, I think, well, I think I, I, when I joined uh, financial services over 20 years ago, I'd always wanted to leave it at some point, um, but the remuneration is rather good. Uh, it's challenging work. I really love the people I worked with and so on. Putting it off year after year. And then 22 years later, I thought, if I don't make the move, I'm never going to make the move. Mm. So I retrained as a pastry chef because that's one of the things I love doing is eating cake. <laughs> don't we all, Uma, don't we all? <laughs> um, I, that. <laughs> yeah, it rob, pairs rather well with tea. So I retrained as a pastry chef in Côte d'Ivoire here in London. And then I'd always wanted to work in tea uh, because uh, Sri Lanka is famous for tea. Uh, it's quite, it's got an own little brand, which is Salon Tea. Um, and I wanted to work with both the cakes, uh, patisserie element, and the tea as well. And I noticed a gap in the market in so far as Salon Tea is concerned. Uh, Salon Tea or Sri Lankan tea is used for blends. So you, a lot of the breakfast blends that we have across the globe uses Sri Lankan tea, but Ceylon tea is considered one of the finest black tea. I wanted to showcase that a great deal more, sort of really just look at Ceylon tea on its own rather than blend it with other teas. Mm -hmm. I started doing a few things on, on farmers markets and it went down um, really, really well in that I, they were looking, people were looking for tea, but looking at it in relation to health, uh, promoting well-being and so far as mental health is concerned and so on and so forth and it blended very well to the blends that I was I was going up with which is very much based around herbs and natural spices and so on so I don't use ever use artificial flavors or um, flavors or essences or any other sort it's all just natural stuff and um, I believe that tea I like um and like coffee, which is obviously very strong flavoured, I, I, I really want my teas to really sing its, its flavours, not through just its black tea, but also uh, through its uh, ingredients as well. So I use things like beetroot, licorice, cacao, um, you know, spices from, uh, from Sri Lanka. Cinnamon is also based from Sri Lanka. So I use a lot of cinnamon. So mm. if you wanted something rather mild in flavour, do it for you. Mm. It's all stuff. Yeah. So that's how I you know, on a farmer's market. And then now production is in a small factory in Southeast England. Wonderful. Wow. It's absolutely amazing, Uma. And the fact that you changed into something that you're really passionate about and also it's extremely creative. You said you trained as a as a chef, so you, so so you're actually using that creativity in the teas and the amazing flavors. But what also really stands out is the sustainability part of it and the health and well-being. Because in Britain we have a rich history, don't we, of tea. Tea solves everything. If someone's in shock, or if there's been a bereavement, or what, we go to the tea. And the fact that you are thinking about how that enriches our lives in a healthy way and also in terms of the environment is amazing. So, um, and also they sound absolutely delicious, the teas. They are, well, I would say that, wouldn't I? Yes, um, <laughs> the sustainability part comes from the fact that Sri Lanka, the main export is tea. Um, and tea is not a natural, it wasn't, it's not a, a sort of a, a, a 
plant that was growing in Sri Lanka, it was imported uh, into Sri Lanka. Uh, it's certainly sustainable now, uh, much how you see tea in so far as a commodity, which is how it is viewed in the United Kingdom. Not so much in North America, where they see tea very quite differently and will spend a fair bit of money on good tea. Um, so it's changing perceptions, certainly in the UK. Europe is very different as well. They view tea and herbs and blends as something that's really good for you. But in the UK, it's quite a battle because of fighting against the big players who have produced tea. I mean, a tea bag can cost little as less than a penny uh, in, in some, for some brands. So it is uh, looking at tea in relation to not just the, the how it comes available tea, but supporting those who actually, you know, grow the plant, look after the plant, pluck yes. the plant, and then pluck the leaves rather, and then actually make the craft. It's not something that a lot of people say it's tea dust. And mm -hmm. It's very rare, even the big players never use tea dust in their tea bags. It is mm -hmm. craft and it is, it is letting people know that it isn't a commodity, it is actually a crafted product and that's what it's about. And, it's, and also the other factor is of uh, how the tea gets to into your teapots and your teacups as well. So making sure all of the products, the, the, the packaging is um, recyclable, reusable, Biodegradable, all of those, and properly like biodegradable, rather than saying yeah. it's true and then takes ten years to bio biodegrade. Not quite what we're about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it's really interesting. We talk about sustainable products. We often don't think about all the components of what that really is. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting to hear you talk about this. I'm um, curious from the human sustainability part. Obviously, the product is something that's healthy for you physically, right? In terms of what you do. Um, what's the sustainability, like the, the, the view on sustainable businesses in Sri Lanka in the tea business? Um, it's, um, it, it's going through quite a transformation. So the main plantations, the big plantations, which usually um, has a number of women primarily who work as pickers um, and they do very labor from picking plucking to actually grading the leaves and then uh, bagging it all up and so on and so forth. That is extremely physically demanding as well. Um, so they, um, and primarily the plantations are owned by the government or private industry and those supply the big players. So the, the likes of Unilever, Procter & Gamble and so on. So it becomes a commodity. And so when you are selling at such low prices, the end result, those who actually pluck the leaves end up getting very little money. So it's changing not just how, what people pay for both at the end product, but it's changing how it's perceived in Sri Lanka itself. And because, um, as I'm sure a lot of you would know, um, some of the big players are leaving the black market. So that leaves countries like Sri Lanka, India, Kenya, Argentina in a bit of a bind as to what to do now that the shift globally has been to move away from black tea and more into herbal tea. So that leaves a huge void in so far as what women and men would do in so far as making ends meet. But 
Sri Lanka has, thankfully, for the last two decades, maybe even, um, been trans sort of transitioning away from the sort of the mass market, mass sort of feedback thing, into more finer, more um, crafted, and golden uh, So really looking at, you know, how we can grow tea in certain regions, almost like wine. So if you are on a slope, mm. how would that tea taste different from being on the lower plains of Sri Lanka and so on? So it has been making the transition. So I think for certainly for, for Sri Lankans, for us, it will be much, should be an easier away from the production of, you know, masks, tea bags. Yeah, yeah. It certainly sounds, Uma, as if that transformation is extremely uh, important to adapt to the demands of the market, but also when you're thinking about the health and well-being and economic uh, prosperity of women, but yeah. for governments and organisations to consider that a part of their a part of their strategic planning in how they can be more sustainable and support women in business. And it feels as if you've made a real mark in that. And um, I just wanted to, I'm just really interested to know your company's focused on sustainability and you've made a valuable investment in girls and women to help them produce the products. Can you tell us a bit more about why this is so important for you as a business owner? Hmm. Um, I think I always realized, even when I was very little, um, about how women in general, especially in tier states, are treated. So generally in Sri Lanka, tea estates are, the workers tend to be, um, they were brought in uh, by the British and the Scottish from mm -hmm. South India. So they're not native, of, they are Sri Lankan, but they're not considered native Sri Lankan. Uh, and so the conditions that they worked in and to a great extent, not so much now, but worked in were very poor. Um, you know, they had no rights, they had very pay. When the pay did go to them, uh, it was went to the husband or the father. Um, so those sort of, you know, fundamental things and so far as cultural as well as financial makes a huge difference in how women live their lives. Um, and women, regardless of which part of the world you're from, we all have very similar dreams and, you know, ambitions for ourselves and for our children. And those don't change just because you are in a tier state or in London or New York or any other part of the world. Um, and it's working in, and it's recognizing that that is that difference there and providing that opportunity to be able to, if you don't want to work, if you don't want to work, if you don't want your daughter to work in a tier state, why should they work in a tier state? They should be able yeah. to have their own career and passions and so on. And that um, may be counterproductive, but it never is because there, always, there will always be people who will, if you elevate something, from a mass production thingy to something that they can be proud of. It's, um, there'll always be people who want to work in that. So it's not kind of productive at all. But it is giving that opportunity saying, you know what, I don't want to work in the tea estate in, on the farm itself, but I want to be able to blend teas. I want to be able to take, mm -hmm. I want to be able to work at the auction houses. All of those should be open to any one of us as it would be and should be for them as well. That's made us of it. Yeah, that's really wonderful. And I love, you know, Caroline, you talked about this, especially obviously in Britain, this connection, this emotional connection to it. Mm -hmm. So that has such a through line to what you're saying is that there's this, this, you know, passion for 
really supporting people. Like it's, it's a wonderful product. It's a healthy product, but there's also, it also provides almost like arms around people, yes. you know, depending on, you know, what the flavors are and, and, you know, what you're, what you're doing. I I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated by your view on this. And I think for some of our viewers, cause we haven't really talked about this a lot, but, um, but this is, but the supply chain piece of sustainability that I think when, if you're a leader and you care about products and what you're buying, we don't think about, we think about the product itself, but we don't necessarily think about who's out there. And so I just so deeply appreciate you talking about these women, because we know it's true in the garment industry. We know it's true in, you know, quite a variety. And, and I just applaud you for, um, having this kind of vision. I mean, that's leadership. That's saying it's not just about my company. It's about how we create a better world. Yeah. And um, so kudos to you for that, for that vision and, yeah. and, and being able to, I hope you're putting these, I haven't, are you putting that in your marketing? I certainly hope so. <laughs> no, I'm terrible when it comes to marketing and social media and all of that stuff. Well, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to talk it up because this <laughs> is exactly the kind of thing that, that, that we really support. It is, oh, okay. um, it's just really, really refreshing to hear your leadership on this. So thank you. Well, and you know, just going back to what I asked you at first, um, Uma was, I mean, look, you had this vision, you made this vision a reality, but you first had to, to have the courage to let go of something else. And that was the world of the financial um, services. So Again, that's a strong message to everybody that's listening out there. You can help the world. You can move forward and help your well-being as well. You're doing something you love. So I think that's a real, real gift that you're actually sending out there today in this, this talk, you know, because um, more people have to have this courage to do what they love and do better for the world. Yes. And you're um, a woman. Look at you. <laughs> we all are. But do you see what I mean? Such an important point. Sorry, Emma. That's all right. No, no. Um, you're, you're right. I think as women, we tend to almost downgrade our ambition and our drive. So mm -hmm. Oh, at least in my case, I always, I, I never sort of see it unless someone points it out. And uh, yeah, but it's, yeah, I am. It sounds almost quite well, way too lofty and so on, but um, yeah, that's that's certainly the driver. I think that comes certainly from family and also the fact that you know, in, in a world which is very capitalistic, and um, I, I there's nothing wrong with it. I have a business myself, but um, yeah, it is looking out for something that goes into that as well. In the sense that to be capitalistic, you have to have some, you know. You, be able to use the raw products or the raw material to be able to have a capital um conscious capitalism yeah 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 so and many important issues there i think the one thing that stands out for me is how important equity is in all of this and that marginalized groups need to be considered of how when you're looking at equity and sustainability that those kind of strategies can be looked at. And that's very much what you're focusing on, which is um, amazing, Uma. And I just wanted to ask you, um, what do you see as the future in the type of commitment in production, the quality, good services 
which ground themselves in sustainability because that's such an important part of what's happening today. Yeah, I think um, I think it's finally going that way, and it's not just a few people who have you know who have either made a life choice in doing so, but I think there are massive movements in corporations and government changes and policy changes. Uh, and without those, um, you really can't, we're not trying to save the world as such, but we're doing a little bit for it. But unless you have policy changes uh, globally, that's not really going to come through at all. And I think that's changing. You know, we were talking earlier about Greta and those, those sort of, you know, young women of that sort of generation and how, how they communicate that their passion is makes a huge difference. Um, but I think that's that's certainly changing. And I think consumers definitely want that change. You know, I know people who certainly um, on the you know certainly on the farmers market would ask questions about where did the tin come from? How far did it travel? Can I reuse the tin? How can I reuse the tin? So those I think those sort of changes from grassroots level, from consumers who want to see those changes to policy changes makes a huge difference. And that's how you drive change and can really push through them as well. Crest, question for you. Are you, because I know you're at farmer's markets, do you use or have you seen like a move towards um, refilling containers? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering, I mean, obviously with COVID and lockdown, it makes it a lot harder, you know, depending on where you are in the world. But, um, I, you know, we had a sustainability discussion just a, a week and a half ago. And I, for me, this idea um, that almost all plastics, like we say they're recyclable, but most of them are not. And right. so, yeah, and I think it's, it's just things that we need to remind ourselves of. So when I, you know, again, it, it goes back to like, Tin, where does it come from? You know, is this reusable? How do I, you know, is is just such important information for us to be um, putting front and center? It seems like a small choice, but if everybody's making that choice, um, so is so I, I think that's really interesting. I, I know you're in farmers market, so is that so you're seeing is are you seeing more of the trend there versus like a retail kind of environment, or do you think there's uh, equal push? I think it's convenience always wins out regardless of what you um what you wish for and hope for but if you have a busy have a busy life you know you've got so much going on um your commodities are going to be something that you eventually you want streamlined into something that is convenient and so on but there are lots of um certainly in london there are uh, little grocery shops which would do refills but they are companies that are taking on um, much larger companies. So there's a company called Loop, uh, which I'm hoping to join as well. And they do um, exactly what I do, which is, you know, you have this tin, use it. When you want to refill, bring it back to us. We will clean it for you. Mm -hmm. And Loop is with Carrefour at the moment, which is a huge French uh, retailer. Mm -hmm. uh, they've got a few contracts with um, the UK um, as well. Uh, the Loop is actually an American company. Um, so they are, they are, they bring it out, not just the sort of farmer's market population, but also to a, a wider market. Right. I, 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 I'm fascinated with this, Uma, and I'm a big tea fan. So I'm loving all of this. 
And so uh, there may be many people who have been inspired by your marvellous tea and your vision, because it really is amazing. And so what advice can you give to women who would like to take a similar entrepreneurial road? I would say, do your research. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people would do that regardless of what they end up doing, either staying in their, in their careers, across to a different part of that organization or moving into business. I would say, do your research and then continue the research throughout, never stop. Um, so I have a goal every six months, I rehash everything as such. So start from the beginning, see where the trends are, what's mm -hmm. moved, not moving and so on and so forth. So that's any business you need to know exactly what the customer wants and that's yeah. months. And yeah. it's always, always make sure you have a really good network of uh, fans, you know, supporters who will vouch for you, who will stand by you, who at two o'clock in the morning will come and pack tea for you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 That's really key. You know, thank you. Thank you for saying that. I mean, I will tell you for anybody in this network that has ever it. Yes, there is. That is it. it I don't think I've heard many people actually say that, but I think anybody that's been an entrepreneur or part of a group, it's, it's so key to have that, that core support group around you. So yeah, nobody, nobody does it as an island. No. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I think Uma also, doing the research, knowing yes. about what you want to do and being able to plan that very, very carefully and to invest in it. Often people want to take the shortcuts mm. and that doesn't pay off. So it's really important yeah. to put in the work um, to really reap the benefits. Yeah. So that's great. That's great. Can't believe it. Are we are we out of time already? We're almost we've got just a yeah, just a, a, a little bit. But one of the things I'd love if if you can just share um, can people order your tea online? Uh, yes, they can. Yes. So, so um, the company, as you said, was is Miss Miss T Smith. So it's www.misstsmith.com, and uh, we ship across the globe. Um, though there are issues with Europe at the moment, uh, that's a different matter entirely. Okay. So, so anywhere in so Western Europe, you're. You, you can ship anywhere in Western Europe. Well, I'm a little disappointed because I'm in New York, but, um, <laughs> but I will say this, I, you know, I think, um, yeah, for anybody who's out there doing it. So please keep us up to date as you expand your market. I mean, this is the kind of product um, and your leadership that we want to lift up. And so, um, you know, we are global and we would love to just get the, you know, the word out about, you know, not just a, a fabulous product. I can't wait to try it. I'm going to have to ask somebody over there maybe to order it. Yeah, I'm lucky. I'm lucky. I, as is Chris, because we're in London with Uber, so that's no problem for us to get hold of your teeth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and we'll we'll have to we'll have to when we finally um, for many of uh, the folks that may be on this, you know, once we get through the pandemic and we're able to come back, well, Uma, I think we're going to have to have your tea at one of our roundtables. Yes. Oh yes. Have, have a tea party. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh yes. Yes. <laughs> I just wanted to say as well, I put it on Facebook. So I put it in there for everybody, your website, okay? Thank you very much, Chris. Thank you, that's really good of you. Pleasure. Absolutely, well, yeah. And here we are at the end again, but um, I know I'm inspired. 
I just, uh, you know, what what a great way to um, start start my morning. And I know it's noon for you guys over there, wherever you are in the world. But we hope that this conversation inspires you to get passionate, um, think about the type of leader that you can be. And I, you know, I know I learned a lot. And everybody can always use a cup of tea. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you thank for you. being our guest today, Uma, and for looking at what, what tea are you drinking right now? <laughs> oh, oh, it's, it's a Sri Lankan. Mm. Lo <laughs> lovely. I love the cup as well. Show, show everybody the cup again. My mom. Oh, that's yes. beautiful. Wow. Now, do you sell things like that on your website? I know it's all teas, but have you gotten into cups as well? I'm hoping to do that at some point soon to work with a from you know United Kingdom, but that would be great, yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I have to order my tea. I promised you I would, so I'll be the first one on there. Caroline, you're second? <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> Excellent. Well, listen, let's with that, let's raise our cup okay, to good health and a more sustainable and inclusive future. Cheers. Next week, it's going to be me. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Mim, I don't know if you want to do a wrap-up of season four <laughs> with me as well. So we might have a wrap-up or just me. I don't well, know. I think I'll jump in here a little bit and say, you know, Chris has been on. Chris is also an entrepreneur and um, has been involved now with GW4W. And so um, we are very big on highlighting our leaders and the work that they're doing and their voice. And so we're really delighted to have Chris Andrews, as you heard, she's the CEO of Personal Touch Fitness, um, grew up in the United States, moved to the UK. So she has her own really interesting story to share and um, a mom, an advocate for women's leadership and health and well-being. So delighted. And yes, it is amazing that we are now um, at the end of season four. Uh, we invite you to go to Spotify, connect with us on Instagram, um, Facebook, LinkedIn, our growing network of women. We are here to support each other. We are here to lift up women-owned businesses, and um, we are here to make the connections to sustain healthy female leadership at all levels for a more sustainable world. We are deeply committed to diversity. Um, I do wanna call out um, again, this call against hatred. And you know, here in the United States, this violence against Asians, um, it is no matter how racism or hatred shows up, we have to use our voice against this. We have to speak up. And um, so please don't stay silent. Please speak up for those that can't use their own voice. And um, let's make this better for the next generation. Um, Mim, if you don't mind me um, cutting in here, I think it's perfect for you now to say for that next generation, just what GW4W are doing with the young leaders. Just yeah, so we'll add that to, we do, our youngest members are 15, 16, 17. If these young women um, get some of the advice that so many of us would have loved to have had at that age, yeah. um, you know, they are going to go on and help change the world. So our organization, we invite you to join us. We invite you to become a member, um, tell others about what we're doing. And we are here as an and. So there are many, many great women's organizations out there, but our piece of this is really focused on women's health and well-being. If we do not protect our health and well-being as leaders, 
We can't be the leaders that we are meant to be. Um, we need more support around caregiving and, um, and we absolutely have to close the pay equity gap. So this is what we focus on, this intersectionality of how these pieces fit together. And I am deeply honored and to be a part of um, such an incredible growing network of women. Um, you know, you got to hear, hear from Uma today. Check us out. Let us know if you have a topic, a leader you think we should be hearing from. And two just quick things. We have our heart to hearts coming up. So I invite you to go out there. We're doing one on um, the science of aromatherapy, which, yeah. yeah, so sign up. It's going to be fun and interactive. That's next week. And then mid-April, we're doing a special segment on functional medicine. So what is it? how this can help us. You're gonna hear from two amazing leaders that um, really had some very challenging health issues and um, are now thankfully um, just doing so much better. One is the uh, senior HR officer from FedEx and the other is a medical doctor who is now a functional medicine expert. And she's gonna tell her own story, but also help us find ways to um, kind of identify if we're having issues and some better ways to address those. Because again, your health, without your health, we can't be who we are meant to be. So um, thank you so much. And we're gonna close it out as we always do. Yes. Remember, great, great minds sip, sip together. together. Have a good day, everyone. Thank you.